What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN. Yo, and this is your man, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diamonds. So today's guest is someone I met while in L.A. attending the Revolt TV Summit. And being I'm from Florida, I'm a Florida guy, the minute he mentioned Broward County, I was all ears. He's running for Broward County State Attorney, correct, David? Yeah, that is it. And, and, and that alone had me interested in talking to him further than what we were already talking about. But now, more than ever, with you know everything that's going on, his perspective is crucial in, in, in these times. And important to everything we, you know, we care about as fathers. But the most important thing on this show is that he is a father. So welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast, David Kennedy, everybody. I appreciate it. Man, I'm getting that fatherhood drink champ love with tears. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yo, so, so real quick, talking about, um, you know, that you're running for, for state attorney, I, I'm excuse my ignorance to this, but whenever I hear state attorney, I'm thinking the whole state. So each county has its own state attorney. Yeah. So every county in the state of Florida, and it's a little more than just counties because some counties are a little smaller, like Leon mm-hmm. County, Leon County, which is uh, Tallahassee. There are a few that are in that what we call circuit. So Broward County, sitting next to Miami, is the second largest county in the state of Florida. Two million people here. 3.5 million people down in Miami and we have our own. So right. every circuit has their own. And, and I'm, I'm pretty uh, ignorant as well. And just in terms of what, I guess the duties of a state attorney does and you know, what, what kind of you, you know, what, what all, what all entails state attorney? No, no, no. It's, that is actually the most poignant question. Like what does a state attorney do? Like the up North, it's called the DA or the district attorney. Down okay. here, it's just called the state attorney. Uh, so, like in New York, okay. you got the DA, you got Queens, you got Manhattan. They all got their own DA. But down here, because there's more land, more math, um, it goes by county. But the state attorney, and this is what's important for the time, the state attorney is the chief law enforcement officer for the entire county. Uh, I say that again, the chief law enforcement officer. That means we're above the sheriff, above the chief, above wow. everybody. So we like, we don't pull money in from the county or anything. We pull money in from the state. And like the president can't come down and tell us what to do, even though he moved down here. The um, You said he can the, or he can't? No, he cannot. He cannot. cannot. Okay. The governor cannot tell us what to do. Nobody can tell us what to do. We're independent uh, law enforcement arm uh, that engages 
and law enforcement. And right now, everyone wants to talk about police officers. And that's it's important, but that's the tip of the iceberg, tip of the spear. The prosecutor, which is the state attorney, is really where the rubber meets the road. Okay? So that's why the position is so important. That's a that's a loaded, uh, I, I guess it could be very dangerous um, setup, right? Because it doesn't, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are some checks and balances somewhere in the equation that I'm, we're not hearing about, but largely speaking, it is kind of a dictatorial sort of position to a large degree. Is that fair to say? Well, it's the executive position. So just like any other, right. um, like any other position in the United States, you had the executive, the judicial and the um, legislative. So we are an arm of the executive of the state, which is the governor. But because we're an arm of the governor, he can't come down and tell us what to do. Now, if we do something illegal, like there was a state attorney in Orlando, when she got in, she said, I will not enforce the death penalty. The governor found that to be uh, an illegal statement. He came and took all her death penalty cases and said, you will not prosecute these cases because they may require the death and the law says that you may have to pursue it. So you will not, you just made a statement saying you won't execute your duties. So I can't tell you what to do, but I can take these cases away from you. And the mm-hmm. uh, Florida Supreme Court upheld that. But it's important. So when you think of, but to your point, when you say it's loaded, uh, think about George Floyd for a second yeah. and what happened there. So in George Floyd's case, we all understand the eyeball test. Uh, when you look uh, what happened to him, uh, those police officers murdered him, all right? And when it was left to the county, when it was left to the the city, I believe, to prosecute, they felt as though they did not do a good job of prosecuting. And then it was left to the uh, AG or Attorney General, who happened to be black. He was the prosecutor. So it went from a manslaughter charge to a a murder two charge uh, under their local law. So we have the ability as prosecutors, one, to charge the way we see cases, and then number two, also uh, engage in what we believe is the just and right thing to do, which is why on my campaign I always talk about security justice economy. Security, securing the most vulnerable members of our community, justice, equitable justice in our uh, courtrooms and also outside of the courtrooms, which is important in that George Floyd uh, dynamic, just like it was important in the, the Rodney King dynamic, too. Just because you could charge doesn't mean you're going to get prosecuted. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the economic portion that nobody talks about, which is the economic justice, knowing that living down in Miami, whether it's Opelika, whether it's Miami Gardens, used to be Carroll City, or up here in Broward County, Miramar, uh, Margate, Fort Lauderdale, Hollandale Beach, uh, we have economic justice. As Tamika Mallory says, the a poor community is a violent community and a secure community is a prosperous community. I think my son even said that on the last uh, Drink Chance episode. So it's, it's extremely important that we understand the full picture that the criminal justice system has to shift and change rather than just focusing on police officers. But that is a an important portion as well. So from a, from a state attorney slash district attorney um, 
point of view or I guess you know what what you have some kind of control over so when when we're talking about police reform or defund the police or any kind of systemic changes or new laws uh, being enacted I guess how much in in specifically in your potential role I guess how much of a hand uh, would you be able to have in that in, in helping to, uh, I guess, facilitate changes um, internally? So that's the, you know, I was on a radio show a little earlier and we were, uh, it's funny that you asked that question because we were talking about that. So really what it is, what can you actually do? Mm. And then what else is necessary with the other part that you can't do? So just like any position, the state attorney can't do everything just like yeah. the police chiefs they can't do everything yeah. so um we do affect policy i like to say that being the chief law enforcement officer you you do like obama did you do like teddy roosevelt or franklin delano roosevelt did or jfk you use the bully pulpit now the president can't come down and tell congress what to do by no means but they can influence, influence what they do and mm-hmm. that's the biggest portion they can directly influence Clinton did that with the 94 crime bill with the 88 uh, crime bill. So, so when we talk about what the state attorney can do, not only can you affect the police chiefs and the, the, uh, the sheriff himself, but you can implement policies within your own office that has a check on it. So we have an oversight capability. So let's say, and for instance, I've had a case where man was, uh, he, he had two kids, so no one fatherhood, um, and one was a young boy. And uh, he was getting off the bus, coming home late from work. He had his construction reflective jacket on, and he is in his neighborhood, and he daps up his, his, his friend. And the police officer thought it was a hand-to-hand drug transaction. Mm-hmm. So the police officer said, stop, stop, stop. He runs away because why? He was in a hood, so he started running away. So he runs away. Police officer says, stop, stop, stop. Tases him in the back. Says, uh, put your hands behind your back. I can't, I can't, I can't. Tases him again. Put your hands behind your back. Gets behind him, puts his knee on him, puts him in cuffs, searches his pocket for the drugs, searches his pocket for a gun, doesn't find the gun because there is no gun, and then also doesn't find any drugs. What he does find is a crack pipe because he does do crack but he didn't recently do it he just had it in his pocket and he arrested him for possession of cocaine which is third degree felony it's one of the lower felonies that you can have it's drug felony possession felony and then our office filed it but it was a residue so there was like no cocaine in it. like you literally had to you could it, the the lab couldn't even scrape it out. They just said yeah. we know because we took a swab in it that at some point in time there was cocaine. In it. Hmm. And when you look at that case, you're looking at possible Fourth Amendment violations, excessive use of force by the police officer with the taser, inappropriate behavior by the police officer, and uh, how he was uh, handling the situation, uh, and then the state attorney's office not being a check on those things and filing the case. And now we have a man who loses his job, uh, loses his apartment, kids go with the, with his girlfriend to another place, and it, it affected not only him as an individual, but his entire 
community because this overzealous police officer tases this, this man in the back a few times. So, in fact, I ultimately dropped the case and um, it said, I, I'm not moving forward on this. There's no way that I could prosecute the case. Um, and there's no way this, this man should be prosecuted because he didn't do anything wrong. We had potential Fourth Amendment violations. So, so and what? the effect that it had on his family. So, it was, it was devastating. So That's I, what the state attorney can do. They have that check. I'm sorry. Mm. No, my, my bad. And, and I'm just curious as far as like what happened. So in that case, you mentioned you guys dropped the case, but what happens on the excessive force stuff and kind of the other piece, you know, the other side of the. Like the over policing part. Right. Like, See, that's the, that's an excellent question. So nothing happened. So, and let me say it like this. We don't know what happened internally, but I can be sure with you that nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. Because at that time, every time, and people don't realize this, every time a police officer uses excessive force or even touches you, he uses force. The question is, is that amount of force necessary for that particular moment? And that's when it becomes excessive. And Broward County Sheriff's Office does have an excessive use of force administrative panel. The state attorney does not currently have a position on this. One of my policy positions is we need to see that the tape. We're the chief law enforcement officer. We need to see that the tape. Now, if you say that you don't want us to have a vote on how you discipline internally, I can understand that. We need to see how practically it's applied. Because by the time it gets to us for potential prosecution, guys got 70 different things and 70 different uh, excessive use of force complaints in three, four years. So we need to cut this thing, this, this thing in the bud, as my dad would say. So uh, with that case, because prosecutors aren't trained to check police officers to say, uh-uh, you can't do that, although I'm the one that did do that on that case, he didn't go through the, the administrative process because it wasn't red flagged which is the other part of what I'm going to do is just like the president of the United States get daily briefings on excessive use of force. And that's the oversight that we talk about. And it's a shift not only in policing, but a shift in the criminal justice system, understanding it, reforming it, but not just small reforms, but big, uh, big reforms that leads to institutional change. Hmm. Now, I, I know you got to jump soon, but I wanted to just kind of give a a, uh, a general question of, and, and we'll point this more towards kind of young folks and what all this means for our kids Absolutely. growing up later, later in life. Um, you know, how does, you know, how do you take the momentum um, that, that we currently have with mass protesting and how do we take that momentum and switch that or at least push it towards changing of laws, whether it's locally or nationally? I think there's, to me, it just feels like there's, um, I, I don't know if there's just enough general knowledge about how to kind of move from one piece to the next. And and I feel like uh, maybe there's just, you know, not enough uh you know, there's it's so like many a matter diff- of consolidating all that energy. Yeah, of. there's and there's so many different activist groups out there doing 
doing things, uh, you know, for, for similar causes, but at the same time, you know, maybe taking different methods and different steps. And, and um, you know, I noticed it like a protest I went to, uh, you know, there's a lot of people there, but maybe even the leadership during the protest might not have been super visible. So you have a lot of people kind of doing different things. And I'm just wondering, you know, how do we take that momentum uh, kind of from a layman's point of view and, and, and that change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and that's uh, always been kind of a confusing notion for me. How, how, you, how do you get there? How do you do that? How do you get people to care about doing something, you know, to actually change the laws here? So it was, um, it was amazing when I met uh, ESN at the revolt summit out in LA and I'm actually, I was born in LA. We lived out there for a while. Um, before I moved to the East Coast. And I moved to the East Coast, we moved to the D.C., Virginia area, and I was lucky to have an opportunity to work on Obama's 08 campaign and uh, eventually in the Obama administration and the U.S. Senate, and then I came down to Florida uh, and worked in the Office of Policy and Budget and also the Florida Supreme Court before I came across here. The reason I said that is the... I purposefully did those things so I could answer that question that you're talking about. What is real change? Because you got to remember back in 08, everybody was jumping up and down, yelling change, 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 hope, hope, hope. And the Obama campaign was ran by kids. And we're part of this Obama generation, my age, I'm 35 years old, um, about to be 36, uh, and just had our first son who was one month old. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. He'll be two months and on the 29th. Um, and what I'm learning or what I learned is that it's the agitation plus the participation mm. that really gets you to that ultimate goal that you're talking about. It's changing policy and changing legislation as well. Uh, my cousin, she's She's still in uh, D.C. and she goes out every day and she says, I'm out here free of fun. And it's important. And we come from the same stock. So she understands that, yeah, you got to be on these streets. But after we get off these streets, what's next? And yeah. the what's next is you understand the system, understand the prosecutor. She went to FIU for, for undergrad. So I took around the judges. She was in the courtroom with me. She was in the courtroom with the attorneys. She met a bunch of different people and she was able, she, her generation, she's uh, 23 years old. She's able to pivot now, not only be on the street, but then pivot to say, well, this is where the actionable stuff is. Now we need to talk to our mayors and talk to our prosecutors and talk to our police to affect that change. Uh, and, and I believe that's where it's at. And then it's not only just talk to them, but demand that you change your policies inside. Demand that you change legislation. Uh, the Senate has, U.S. Senate has their anti-lynching legisl legislation, which is clearly, what, 60 years old? All right. Uh, or excuse me, 60 years too late. They should have been anti-lynching legislation in the United States uh, in the 60s, okay? But it's 2020, and now you're, you're passing it. Uh, so... You need to continue to push and never forget, because if you forget about these things, it's very, very, very easy 
for people to fall back into old tropes and old ways. That's why Bubba Watson with NASCAR just found out that he had, or they um, the identified no- that he had at the noose. Yeah, the noose. Yeah. Yeah. But they, 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 I don't know if you were going this way, but they said, or at least I just read, I don't know how verifiable it is that the FBI claims it had been there in that garage for, you know, it wasn't something new, basically. And so they're, ah. they're saying it wasn't necessarily planned. Just had a news hanging around. Right. In, in his, uh, <laughs> wherever his car was parked, I guess, in the, <clears throat> what'd you call it? But whatever. I, I'm, I'm, I have one more question. I know you got to bounce, but he really got to bounce. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got to act in the clock, man. <laughs> I'm, gonna yeah. hit you, I'm gonna hit you quick. I think it'll be a quick answer. Um, communication, right? You mentioned we got to talk and we got to demand. That that is an, a simple, noble concept, but I think it's very difficult for people to do. Well, communicating, no, but having quality dialogue where it's two sides speaking and trying to come to an understanding. That. I don't think we're Seems doing like we're lacking that nowadays. Yeah, I don't think we're doing that. So I'm curious, how do you see that shaping up in these times? You know, I just logged on to the Zoom call, so they're still doing the public defender. So I got a couple of minutes. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, I, I think we're good. So the communication is important too. So you can't just be. All right. So this is. I the reason why ESN saw me in LA is because I was determined to speak to my people. All right. I was determined. I always said when I run for office, I'm never going to leave my people behind, leave my culture behind. Like I learned I tell people all the time, like I learned how many days in the year it was from Anita Baker. Um, I learned how to love women from Babyface Song. Uh interview from a couple years ago, Nori says, I bring my wife everywhere with me because when I was messing around in these streets, I, I messed up my old relationships. I learned how to like, yo, you better like you need to check yourself because, uh, or you're going to come home fine, find an empty house. So like, I am a child of hip hop and I love hip hop and I love R&B. And it's important to me that what you learn about uh, early hip hop is that they were a bunch of hustlers. They wanted to get it done. They were determined that this is us. This is how we're going to do it. Um, and if you want to affect change, you need to be a part of that, that. That You need to have that hustle mentality. You need to know who your mayor is, who your prosecutor is, who your public defender is. You need to know who you can talk to, who has the power. And then knock on the door. And if they don't open it up, knock again. If they don't open it up, kick it in. That's why I love people like... Yeah, I love people like Angelique. I didn't get the state of, excuse me, the um, uh, position working uh, in the campaign and working in the uh, White House, working in the Senate by applying. That didn't happen. I was an intern every, excuse me, every single time. I was an intern prior to getting those jobs, and then I had to prove it. I had to earn that, uh, earn that role. But I also did the research on the front end to be able to affect that change. I wanted to be in a position to affect that change. I wanted to on the back end. And that's what's important. And that's what I would tell people, all right, you're putting the work in right now, um, fighting the man and, and, and going out there and freedom fighting, as my cousin likes to say. But on the back end, when, he, when it's not as sexy, when you can't get 
500,000, 2,000 people follow you down the street to, um, to, to the courthouse to have a conversation with somebody. It's just you and one other person. Are you still going to have that, that zeal? You're still going to have that, that passion in your belly to get it done. Okay. Right. And that's the real question. And that's, that's really what it is. It's that self-determination. And when I came to Florida, I'm not from Florida. You know what I did? I said, I want to be in Broward. That's literally what I said. So I said, I'm going to law school. I wanted to go to Miami, but it was too expensive. So I ended up going to FSU for law school. I put everything on in my Toyota Sienna that I had. I put it on the auto train. I ended up in Stanford. And then I drove up to Tallahassee. I slept in my car for over a week. I showered at the Best Western because I made friends with the, with the owner. Uh, or the manager, so he let me shower in there. So I was sleeping out of my car. I ate at Whataburger every day. I planned. And then the wow. apartment that I got um, still had the lady living in it because her lease wasn't up, so I slept on the floor because she was nice. And then from there, I grinded my way down the floor, or down to Broward County every single chance I got. I was down to Broward County making connections. If you're unwilling to do that, if you're unwilling to have that ditty level of hustle, what are we doing? Period, and it, that's just an internal thing. That's not a political thing. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, do you still have a second? You still have a little bit of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with all of this, and we could, we definitely need to talk. We need to have you back, and we need to dive deeper into all these things. And maybe you could be our resident uh, legal commentator on the fatherhood. <laughs> um, you're but, Ebony K. Williams of Florida, right? I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now that that you're a father, this is your first, right? Your first child. Yeah, for sure. So how do you feel? And, 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 you know, it's a newborn. I have, you know, I just had uh, my second child. And uh, he's about two weeks. close to a month now, maybe. No, three weeks. Three weeks. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm lost. I'm sleepless nights. <laughs> how do you, how is this? You're like in the middle of a campaign. Like, how is, how is this whole fatherhood being thrown on you? You know, obviously not randomly, but. How is this all affecting you and, and your work schedule and campaigning and, and being able to stay focused on all this stuff? Like, how is this all coming together for you, being a father now? So my, my dad likes to say, you were made for this. And I'm like, mm. what are you talking about? He said, you were made for this. We, those, those sleepless nights, because I owned a business with my father. We became a multi-million dollar business um, in D.C. Um, but we, through newspapers, he was like, sleep this Sleepless nights are nothing. You slept in the car all the time. You're good. But that's not the issue for me. The issue for me is the work-life balance. Right. Um, and if you, when I, you and I uh, spoke through text not too long ago, you know, saying, and I was like, man, um, uh, are you asking me to be on that drink champs uh, pod? And I was like, ah, okay. But I missed taping. Right. And you were, you said that you couldn't be on it because you're like, I got to be home. Me? Mm -hmm. I'd have been like, I'm on it. Why? Because I don't have perspective yet. And so I'm just like on the go all the time. Uh, and we've been quarantined for two months. So my on the go is just like being stuck on the patio. And my wife finally checked me. She was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm here all alone with a newborn. This is the first time. I've ever had a child. Yeah. This is the first time you've ever had a child. So I've had to figure out 
that balance. And I, like all of us, make mistakes. And the reason why I was really happy for you to ask me on the show is because when I listen to the episode, episodes of Fatherhood, you guys uplift each other. You guys guide each other through this process and say, this is things I love. This is where I messed up. This is where I see improvement. This is our community. And mm-hmm. that has been, been my challenge, really, is that work-life balance. Because you got to think about it. Uh, I got the campaign. We vote on August 18th, by the way. So mm-hmm. vote August 18th. Uh, here in Broward County and, in, and throughout Florida for the state attorney's office. Um, I'm currently a prosecutor in the office, so I'm still doing work. Um, I am a father, um, a husband, and people always want to talk to me about stuff, so I gotta, I'm got i trying to make time for that as well. Plus, in campaigns, you got to raise money, you got to do all this other stuff. So I'm, tr- I'm really trying to look for the balance. And, but thankfully, her mother came down, and her mother's been assisting us with that uh, with I'll, the other parts that I'm going to tell you the trick real fast um, and we could it's been kind of the underlying theme as best you can communication between you and your wife is going to make everything as smooth as it can go not to say it's not going to be challenging and it's not going to be perfect yeah because so, that sounds easier than <laughs> yeah no 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 but <laughs> you guys just got to hold each other accountable and keep it a hundred right if you can do that practice doing that because the shit is not like I said, it's not easy, but you get to that point where you can do that more or less consistently, and the, the understanding carries you a long way. No, I appreciate that too because I told my wife early on. I was like, and we've only been married for a year and a half, and I've only known her for about five years. So yeah. she's from New Orleans, and no, I met her in Miami. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, she, we met her in Miami. Um, we always, we flew back and forth, uh, to visit each other. And then, uh, within a year, we end up living together. And my mom was like, Oh, so you shacking up now? And I was like, No, mom, <laughs> and then, uh, less than a year later, I proposed. And then, uh, about six months or so after that, we end up getting married. And then right after that, we end up having uh, our first child. Man. So, and then you wait, become um, Broward County State Attorney. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So back to back to back to back to back to back. So when you and, when you look at your son and you look at the state of affairs in the world right now, do you feel hopeful? A, do you do you feel hopeful that that you know we're going to be on a uh, a better path and a better path for your for your child? This is all about better pack my child but this debate is about to happen right now do you for think, do you think for here it, in it the background i gotta run all right brother go ahead man be good all right, talk to you soon. thank Appreciate you for joining it. us we'll talk soon wow that was insightful and yeah, we packed packed a lot in we did. <laughs> in a short time there and, and everything he does exhausted me just hearing it yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah. he got a lot going like, on and and not to mention that you know just to become a an attorney a lawyer, school, all that you dude. need to learn and all that studying and all that schooling and to get to this level where he's at now is it's. Pfft. He's a young dude, man. He said he's thirty five. Yeah, yeah, young dude, about to be thirty. Yeah, young dude. That's what I'm saying. Like he was at the revolt uh, summit. If I'm not wrong, I think he was suited up. You know, like one of the few people suited up. If I'm not wrong, I might, my Bacardi brain might be fooling me, but. 
but I just remember him just there, like, and he, like, he mentioned, like, he was all about, like, like, look, man, very passionate about wanting to get his message out and, and, and kind of like teach everybody the, the, the legal landscape of what's going on. Yeah. And this is pre, you know, what's currently happening, but what's currently happening has been happening. Right. 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 You know, um, and yeah, man. So I think his voice and, and others like him need to be out here, you know, speaking more and, and we need to all be educating ourselves on the process and, and, and the political side of what, what can be done as well. Definitely. I, Cause I, you know, you hear all these terms, you hear state attorney, DA, you hear all this stuff when you yeah. you know, you read things or you hear the news cycle. And a lot of times, you know, I think we probably take for granted that we don't necessarily know <laughs> what any of the stuff. I means, mean, it threw know? me off the, the, just, it kind of seemed like an oxymoron. Like you're the Broward County state attorney. I'm like, right. Yeah. Broward County is a state now. Oh, <laughs> right. shit. let me find out. To, to, <laughs> you know, so I'm glad he cleared that up to, to that point. Okay, um, taking things for granted, like, you know, Juneteenth just passed, June, June 19th just passed a little bit ago. And I was doing some research to try to understand, like, how, when, like, I'm trying to remember myself, like, when did I learn about Juneteenth? Right. And I'm, I'm backtracking in my head and I'm, and I'm embarrassed. I was like, it hasn't been that long. It's been 10 years, maybe eight. Right. Since since I had some understanding of it. And to be honest, until I really sat down this past Juneteenth and did a little bit more homework, I didn't understand the full breadth of what what it represented. Right. And then I I, I don't know, I stumbled upon some article. And the reality is most people have learned about it, you know, way after college is the average. Right. right? Even people, you know, even black people. And so, uh, so you know, maybe feel a little bit better. But what does that say about? And you know, there's a lot we talk about it often on this podcast about what is missing from education and history books yeah, and that kind of just, thing. Yeah, that's a part of it. For there's sure. a lot of stuff, and and I'm like, damn. But you know, you're you're misinformed or not informed at all, right? Because we we just don't have access or people around us to help us understand these things. Politics being a heavy one. And in particular, like local politics. So, like you know, David is 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 in the local Broward local politics forum now, and not that we're endorsing him or not, but really, it's just people need to do their education and really understand how the local politics go down. You you know what I think the difference is, and I think he's like a prime example of what can change, and the protesters and everything going on is the youthful energy because. Facts. For too long, politics has been completely controlled by these like older white dudes for the most part, right? Or older people in general, and older dudes, and yeah, so feels so out of out of touch. Yeah, out of, out of touch. Yeah. Uh, you know, outdated. Um, they're just they're just moseying along with what's been going on, you know, and not really just changing just enough to keep it moving, but not enough to rock their own boat. And so I think people like himself that he's young. And the protesters that are young and, and all this energy out there, I think that's what they need to get involved in politics is more people that they identify with and can relate to yeah. who speak their language in a sense out there saying, look, guys, this is what needs to be done on a political side. Right. You know, do you know the protest? Everything is all good. But we this is what what needs to be done and say it in a way where the people get it. You know, the, 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 the people out there in the streets get it or young people get it. And, and that's what I think is going to start to change things. Yeah, you need, a, you need connectors. It'll be a seismic shift because, look, 
Obama did it to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, he did the unmanageable at that point. You know, the, the people didn't think that we could have a black president at that point. And he he changed it. He had a he had it like he said, it was all young people running his campaign and he used social media and he was able to to connect and get people out there to vote. But I think, you know, it, unfortunately, I, you know, we all maybe, I don't know, maybe everybody just felt like, ah, oh, it's going to keep changing or whatever. Yeah, took whatever it for happened, granted. you know, it didn't keep moving in that direction. And, um, and I just think that, but that's an example of how powerful it can be um, if you get more people in there, younger people, even than Obama in there, you know, that, that, that can speak to you and speak to the masses and, and enact those changes and kind of bring this fucking country back, you know, up to date, man. Cause yeah, you need the kind of people that will inspire, you know, our kids when they're yeah. teenagers and, and young adults to say, Oh, you know what? I want to, I want to have a career in politics or I want to affect right. change. And, you know, and so there's other career paths out there that couldn't be meaningful, but it's got, you got to have people to connect on that level. But you know, it's it's not without a fight. Like it's yeah, not yeah. just about yeah. connecting and the energy and even the votes because you know, the powers that be or the or whoever's out there trying to, you know, puppeteer certain things, which is to me is real, you know, it's there's things that people do that undermine movements. Mm-hmm. And nowadays it seems even with social media it's easier to undermine things and, and trick people in certain directions and you just don't know what's what. That's the problem we have right now. We just don't know what's real anymore. We're living off of sound bites and, and, and yeah. short clips, edited clips, and we just don't know what's real. And that's that's kind of like the issue at root right now in trying to get things done. I'm starting to question. I mean, it's a lot of questioning when you hear what I'm about to say. But like, I'm, I guess I'm trying to be more conscious of what I ingest, like news or media or whatever. The messaging and how divisive it is, right, among us, right? So, like, if I'm listening to right-wing, left-wing, whatever, I actually am trying to listen to more right-wing-ish, right? So, yeah. I, so I can get kind of... To over. balance yourself out. Yeah, because I think it's... And, and I keep saying this to people. Yeah, it, it's valuable to understand as many sides as you can handle, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy to get sucked in. I mean, totally. sometimes I have to... St- take a step back from all of it and look at all the different sources of news that's coming out there and figure out like, all right, well, what are, you know, what are these outlets really pushing at me? And, and, you know, what are, you know, is it super one-sided over here? And 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 it's tough because these things that you truly believe in are kind of like the algorithm or or, or a person that's showing you a clip of something. You're like, yeah, fuck, that's right. That's an example of the bullshit I've been talking about. So you want to engage, you want to be a part part of that mob mentality. But I think any rational, intelligent person will take a step back and we all make mistakes. I've I've mentioned, I've thought to myself, I'm not going to comment on this or I'm not going to put posts because I don't, I need to do more research. And sometimes I have come to find out Whatever was posted was a soundbite, a clip, or whatever, and it was wrong. It was completely taken out of context. And that's, we're living basically in a world out of context. Mm. That's, that's kind of like what's going on. Bars. But also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this fucked up. But, but, yeah. but switching gears a second, um, E, we're, we're three weeks ish with a new baby boy in the house. Yeah. Give us, give us the latest. 
What's uh, what's uh, been popping? Still crazy. My, my girl's sleepless nights for her. I sleep a little bit more. I think I said that last time. Um, I feel helpless for her. You, you know? said that last, I don't know. last time and last pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what I'm if I'm supposed to get up or is it better that I rest so that I could do things during the day? I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I just need to have um, that conversation, bro. No, we do. And she says she feels bad. But, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's like double speak. You know, like she's like, oh, no, I don't want to wake you up. <laughs> I feel bad. But then sometimes Fuck it's so nice. I'll get woken up for some random, like, the AC's not working. Like, I'm like, I'm deep sleep. Like, what? The AC's not working. Oh, shit, I got to get up. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm not going to fix the shit, but I guess I got to get up. You know, like, 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 I feel like she's like, bitch, if I'm not sleeping, you ain't sleeping. <laughs> it be, yeah, it be, I, I can't, I can't falter. Like, it, it sounds spiteful. But when you in that moment, like when no, you feel like, you, yeah, you that's like a need. Like, I need you to be with me on this journey right now because it's just rough. Yeah, it, it's it's tough, man. We're having construction at the house. You know, we, we got our grams here. We got, you know, we got a, our, our daughter who's walling out and she's not still not adjusting to the baby. And like every day with hers is a different mood of hers. Like we don't know what, where she's going to wake up in that day and what kind of mood or if my girl starts feeding the baby in front of her or holding the baby too long, like my, my daughter gets a little funny all of a sudden, like something clicks inside of her. Yeah. So it's been, it's been rough, man. It's been a rough few weeks and we feel bad for, for everybody involved. We feel bad for our daughter. Um, because you know, on top of all that quarantine and, and you know, everything happening in the world, you feel like this energy, weird energy around us. And and my daughter, we feel bad for her, and we feel bad for our son. We feel like he's not getting all the love that our daughter got at that same stage, you know, or isn't getting all that warmth because it's a hectic situation yeah. we're in now. Excuse me. And it's been it's been tough, man. It's been it's been tough. Uh, before we jump out of here, um, on a kind of somber note, I do want to send uh, shout outs to uh, last week. We had one of our Groove brothers, uh, Don Juan. He passed away unexpectedly. Young dude. Um, he had four kids. Um, uh, two uh, that were his ladies uh, that you know he helped raise, from my understanding. And then you know they had uh, two together as well. And um, without putting all his business out there, I think you know they, they were going through some issues. And he wasn't taking care of himself and, uh, you know, unexpectedly passed away um, through some health complications. And so, you know, send prayers to his family. And it, it, it's a reminder, um, a grim reminder of just checking in with people. You never, again, like, you know, we never know what people are going through. Um I tend to feel like I have a lot of friends and I think you guys are probably the same way that, you know, we can go, we might go a couple of years without, yeah. you know, talking or seeing each other. And then when we do connect, it's, you know, you pick right back up and it's, you know, just time goes by quick and whatnot. And, you know, he was one of those dudes where, you know, you time goes by, but whenever you saw him, you know, it was all good and you just kick it and have a good time. But, um, uh, I think it's just important to, you know, when we do think about someone, uh, probably a good idea just to check in, make sure everyone's cool. Because, like I said, um, apparently he was he was going through it and not not taking care of himself, and uh, and you know, shit happens. So, um, 
Yeah, bro. Much respect. Rest, rest in peace, man. Rest in peace, man. Ah, you're right. That's somber as fuck. Yeah. But, like I said, man, it's a reminder to, uh, you know, take note of the folks you care about. Make sure everyone's in a good headspace as much as you can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's easier said than done. I think, uh, yeah. You know, and especially in the social media age, everybody seems like they're happy most of the time on social media. Them highlights, bro. Jeez. Yeah. So, that's a great yeah. shirt you got on, by the way, E. I know, man. I can hook you up, man. <laughs> yeah, let me know. <laughs> Dribbles and nibbles. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, fellas. I got to get back to parenting. All right. For sure. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.